Thank you for tuning into Weathering the Storm podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. That's scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, our goal is to help us weather the storms of life by looking to and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. Here is your host, Drew Suttles. Welcome to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and I thank you for spending some time with me today. We are recording episode 16 of season three of Weathering the Storm, but this happens to be season one of Weathering the Storm on the Scattered Abroad Network. If you're not familiar with us, this is a brand new network of podcasts where eight gospel preachers have come together to spread the gospel through the avenue of podcast, And we are very, very thankful, humbled, and honored to be a part of this network. And we're certainly thankful for you listening in, tuning in, and sharing this podcast if you had that opportunity and ability to do so. If you haven't already, please go and like us on Facebook, Scattered Abroad Network. Find us on Instagram. Visit our website, scatteredabroad.org. And most importantly, we ask that you please pray for us as we record these, as we share these, and we pray that the Word of God will spread like never before. And so again, we thank you, a big thank you to our listeners uh, for tuning in each week, and just so, so thankful for you. In this season of Weathering the Storm, we are looking at biblical examples of individuals who faced the storms of life and were able to weather them by placing their trust in God. Today we come to part five of our series on the prophets. This is the final part of this series. We've examined Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. But today we want to examine the prophet Habakkuk. And if you're listening today, you may say, you know, I don't know that much about Habakkuk. I haven't spent much time uh, studying through the minor prophets. Well, the minor prophets are extremely valuable. And as you read and study them, you'll notice they're very relevant to what we're going through today. And so if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to the book of Habakkuk. It's a short book, only three chapters, and we want to work our way through this text today to notice how Habakkuk was able to weather the storm in hopes that it will help us. As always in this series, we want to start with the background of the prophet himself and then get into the book that bears his name. Habakkuk, his name means one who embraces. Very fitting name, and we'll notice that as we go through the text. He was the last of the minor prophets of Judah which is very interesting. He had the task of soothing a weeping child and telling it to be quiet. That's a quote I got from B.J. Clark, who taught us this class at the Memphis School of Preaching, and it's one that really hits home with me, literally, (laughs) because I have four uh, small children at home, two nine-month-old twins among those four, and I know what it's like. And my wife can attest to this. When you have to get up in, in the middle of the night and they're crying and they're upset, picking them up and doing your best to soothe that weeping child and trying to get them to quiet back down so they don't wake up the other three uh, children that are there. And so you think about Habakkuk doing this for Judah. This is the people who were taken into captivity. In fact, the northern kingdom had already gone into captivity. Uh, That was in 721 B.C. to Assyria. And now the Babylonians were threatening Judah. And so in the face of this threat, this real threat, of being carried away, Habakkuk is doing his best to soothe the people of Judah. 
a large portion of the book of Habakkuk, which makes it very, uh, very unique, is devoted to a conversation between Habakkuk, or the writer, if it was not Habakkuk, and God. Very, very interesting, very unique. I want to give you a quick outline of this book that might help as we go through this study. Chapter 1, we have Habakkuk who complains. Habakkuk complains. In chapter 2, Habakkuk listens as God speaks. And in chapter 3, Habakkuk prays. So Habakkuk listens, chapter 1. Habakkuk lists, uh, excuse me, Habakkuk complains, chapter 1. Habakkuk listens, chapter 2. And Habakkuk prays, chapter 3. Let's get right into the text. And notice with me in chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, Habakkuk's complaint. The burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw, O Lord, how long shall I cry, and you will not hear? Even cry out to you violence, and you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention arises. Therefore the law is powerless, justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore perverse judgment proceeds. I mentioned a moment ago how relevant some of the material is in the minor prophets. When you read verse 4, does that not seem very relevant today? The wicked surround the righteous. Perverse judgment proceeds. Justice never goes forth. It can seem that way, especially with all that's going on in our country and our world right now. But here we think about Habakkuk seeing his people and seeing the captivity that, that's really at the door with the Babylonians threatening to take the people into captivity. And he offers up this complaint. And so Habakkuk is weathering the storm of frustration. Now, I believe that all of us today, those of you who are listening, I can certainly attest to this, we know what it's like to be frustrated. We know what it's like to just want to rip our hair out, throw something up against the wall. And we have to fight against that many times because just the, the way that life hits us sometimes just makes us feel that way. And so I think we can relate to Habakkuk here, can't we? It's just human nature sometimes to just want to complain and just want to get it out of your system. Well, that's what he's doing here. But I want you to notice something about our wonderful God. Notice how he responds to Habakkuk in verses 5 through 11. Look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded, for I will work a work in your days which you would not believe, though it were told you. <laughs> God says, I hear you, Habakkuk, but I know what I'm doing. Trust me. This is his response to this complaint. So to kind of piece this together, Habakkuk does not understand why an ungodly nation like Babylon is trying to come and take away Judah, the southern kingdom, God's people. He does not understand that, and he's complaining. He, he's so confused. And God, in, in essence, tells Habakkuk that, he, yes, he is using Babylon to punish Judah, but that he will turn and punish Babylon as justice will be served. That's the divine judgment of God. That's what we see throughout Scripture. Did he use ungodly nations to do that? Yes, he did, but then he, he wouldn't just let them get off with it. He's always just and right in everything that he does. Certainly that's true when it comes to the judgment on nations. And so he tells Habakkuk, you just sit back and watch. You be astounded. I'm going to take care of this. I know what I'm doing. But that brings us to verse 12. We've noticed Habakkuk's complaint. 
Here's Habakkuk's problem. Again, he, he's trying to piece all this together. He's very frustrated. He's having a hard time wrapping his mind around what's taking place. Let's listen to him, beginning in verse 12. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? We shall not die. O Lord, you have appointed them for judgment. O Rock, you have marked them for correction. You are of pure eyes and behold evil and cannot look on wickedness. Why do you look on those who deal treacherously and hold your tongue when the wicked devours a person more righteous than he? Why do you make men like fish of the sea, like creeping things that have no ruler over them? They take up all of them with a hook, they catch them in their net, they gather them with a drag net. Therefore they rejoice and are glad. Therefore they sacrifice to their net and burn incense to their drag net, because by them their share is sumptuous and their food plentiful. Shall they therefore empty their net and continue to slay nations without pity? Continue listening to what Habakkuk has to say. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. It's really a bold statement, is it not? He, he's trying to come to grips with what's taking place. He's trying to understand it. He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what God said to do. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to see what's going to unfold. And when I'm corrected, I, I'll answer. I want to see what he has to say in response to this. Well, that's exactly what's going to happen. Here's God's reply. Chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. The Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Behold, the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. That's something that we find quoted throughout the New Testament. The just shall live by his faith. What is God saying here? God is saying that the future belongs to the righteous. The wicked and the arrogant have no future. Yes, Babylon's being used right now, but God's, God's not going to let them get away with this thing. He's using them for his purpose, to get his people right, and to make their hearts pure, and to get them back to where they need to be, because through the tribe of Judah, through the seed line, would come the Messiah, would come Jesus. Genesis 49.10, Hebrews 7.14. God was going to preserve that seed line. And this captivity was necessary for God's people to rid them of idolatry, to rid them of that wickedness. These were his people, and they were living like the nations around about them. And so this was very necessary, and God knew that. He knew what he was doing. And Habakkuk just needed to understand what was taking place. Beginning in verse 5 of chapter 2, we have a series of, of woes. There are five total, very similar to the woes delivered by Nahum to Nineveh. And Habakkuk, throughout this, is in essence saying, Jehovah reigns, and we as his people, we're going to prosper. Habakkuk is understanding now. Okay, so God is using Babylon against Judah. But after Judah comes back to meet, comes back to God and repents and does the right thing, God's going to take care of Babylon. He's going to take care of that nation. He's not going to let them, he's not going to let them get away with what they're trying to do at this time. And as you come to the end of chapter 2, we have a beautiful statement that's made, and that's in verse 20. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. I love that passage. I love that song that we sing from time to time. But, but you see how Habakkuk is now understanding how he's coming to grips with everything, and he's just saying, you know what, I need to trust in God. God knows what he's doing. 
God is in control of this, and these these wicked nations, they're not going to stand. But the faithful, God's people, they will stand. And so we've noticed in chapter 1 the dialogue between Habakkuk and God and how Habakkuk complains in chapter 1, but in chapter 2 how Habakkuk listens. But now as we come to chapter 3, notice with me that Habakkuk prays. Habakkuk prays. And really, this chapter is like an anthem or a hymn, maybe, we might say. But I want to share a few phrases with you from this chapter as we think about Habakkuk and, and his understanding and his praise to God. Verse 2, O Lord, I have heard your speech, and I was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. Verse 3, His glory covered the heavens, and the earth was full of His praise. He's going back and remembering the greatness and the glory of God. Verse 6, His ways are everlasting. As He comes down toward the end, I want us to really focus on verses 16 through 19. This is a beautiful climax to this book that started out with such confusion and this complaint and frustration. Listen to Habakkuk now. When I heard, when when he heard everything that God had to say, he said, My body trembled. My lips quivered at the voice. Rottenness entered my bones. I trembled in myself that I might rest in the day of trouble. When he comes up to the people, he will invade them with his troops. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, Though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me walk on my high hills. What a beautiful conclusion. What a beautiful a statement that's made by Habakkuk. He mentions all these things that are going to happen. And, and he says, and yet I will rejoice in God. What a perfect, what a perfect statement for those of us striving to weather the storms of life. Whatever comes my way in life, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will trust in Him. That's what we can learn from this example of Habakkuk. But let's close out this episode with considering some points of application. Number one, we need to remember that, like Habakkuk, we are human beings, and we make mistakes. We're not perfect. We're not always as patient as we need to be. And so it's human nature for us to complain. It's human nature for us to question things from time to time. We need to remember that God allows bad things to happen, yet at the same time, He is absolutely righteous in everything that He does. Genesis 18.25 is a text that comes to mind. Shall not the Lord of all the earth do right? Of course, that's a rhetorical question. He's going to do the right thing. He's going to do exactly what he said to do, and, and he cannot lie. It's impossible for him to lie. Uh, Hebrews 6.18 and 19, think about Titus 1, 1 and 2, God who cannot lie. When God makes a promise or when he says he's going to do something, he's going to follow through with it, and it's always going to be right. Even his judgment is according to truth, Romans 2.2. 2. And so we need to remember that even though sometimes we make mistakes and sometimes we fail to keep promises and and sometimes we fail to practice the patience that we need, God never fails. God is always right, and we can trust in Him. Regardless of our circumstances, we are to trust in God. Romans 8, 28. God was able to ease Habakkuk's mind, 
You notice how Habakkuk went to God in prayer. Notice how God responded, the love that he had when he responded. And dear friends, he can do the same thing for the Christian today. We find in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, if we will go to God in prayer, not being anxious for anything, but, but going to God in prayer, that the peace of God that passes understanding will keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Think about that. The peace of God that surpasses understanding. That's the peace that we can have. And so he was able to ease Habakkuk's mind. Habakkuk was just so confused. He could not wrap his mind around what was happening. And yet God was able to ease his mind and give him peace. He can do the same for us. And so Habakkuk was ultimately able to weather the storm by putting all of his trust, all of his faith in God, which is evident through his prayer as the book concludes. I want to share with you three quick points as we bring this episode to a close. When we are frustrated with life, when the storms of life just seem to keep coming our way and and the waves are beating up on, on the sides of our lives and we just feel as if there's just no no answer, there's no way we can get out of it, it just keeps coming, we need to do what Habakkuk did. Number one, we need to trust God's timing and ability. Trust God's timing and ability. He makes everything beautiful in His time. And God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, Ephesians 3.20. We need to trust God's timing and ability. Number two, we need to listen to God. Listen to Him through His Word. That's how He speaks to us today. Hebrews 1.1-3. And we need to learn from His faithfulness. As we study our Bibles, as we go through the Old Testament, as we come into the New Testament, look at all of the promises of God and look at how He's always come through. The promises that He made to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to Joseph, to Moses, to Joshua. You keep on going through all of God's faithful children. God was able to carry them through. And no doubt He can carry us through today. And so we need to trust God's timing and ability. We need to listen to God through His Word and learn from His faithfulness. And number three, and finally, we need to communicate to God and trust that He will hear us. You see, Habakkuk went to the right source, did he not? He went to the right source in this moment of, I just don't understand what's going on. He went to God in prayer. That's how we communicate to God. He communicates to us through His Word. We communicate to Him through prayer. And we can be, we can be confident. We can have assurance that He hears us. 1 Peter 3.12, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and His ears are open to their prayers. In 1 Peter 5.7, Peter says, cast all your care upon God, for He cares for you. God will hear us. God will be with us. We need to make sure that we trust in Him, listen to Him, communicate with Him through prayer, and know that He is in control, He knows what He's doing, and He will always take care of His people. I hope and pray that this episode will help you in some way to weather the storm. May God bless you, and to God be the glory. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are 
scattered abroad. May God bless you.